2018. I'm Broadway World's Matt Tiamanetti. And I am Broadway star's James Marino. James, uh, a bunch of stuff we've got to get to today, but first, we had Robbie Rizal on Friday's show, and I would like to thank ourselves for helping him get over his Kickstarter funding uh, total. He did meet it, and I would like to think that it was all us. Had nothing to do with him or his massive social media presence or all of his super fancy friends and collaborators. It was all his Today on Broadway appearance that got him over the $17,500 that he needed to raise. So you're welcome, Robbie Rizal. And uh, most of all, I think you gave him the key to success was that he needs to be on vacation when they break through. There you go. That's It's vacations all I've ever wanted. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> Good uh, but there were other things. Yeah, you like that? Um, there were other things that happened uh, over the weekend. We had a new episode of This Week on Broadway. James, where you, Peter, and Michael discussed a whole host of exciting and interesting shows. Bernhardt Hamlet led to a rather interesting, if not contentious, discussion between Peter and Michael and you as well. You guys also talked about the nap on Broadway, Girl from the North Country, the public theater, which I'm seeing on Wednesday, uh, as well as what the Constitution means to me and a number of other things. Uh, anything of note that you want to uh, single out for the listeners who haven't got a chance to check out their feed from Sunday yet, James? Well, uh, Peter gives an uh, over-the-top review for Girl from the North Country and is suggested that it would uh, have a nice home on Broadway and, uh, interestingly enough, uh, uh, refutes the the uh, casual reference to it being a Dylan musical, and he says it could totally stand on its own without the Dylan music and uh, that it's a Connor McPherson show, not a Dylan show. Did he... Did he weigh in on whether he considers it a musical or a play with no, music? No, play with music. He definitely said play, play with that, music, yeah. Because that'll be interesting to see how they classify that for the Tonys when it starts running next spring uh, at the Walter Kerr Theater, uh, which is, again, <laughs> it's happening, but it hasn't been announced yet. Um, <laughs> but that'll be interesting to see because uh, it uh, – it's been so widely discussed about what it is and they haven't actually said anything officially. Um, at least that, that I've seen maybe some press releases said play with music, but um, I'll be interested to see. But anyway, one other thing, I just saw this right before we started recording James, but our friends over at the interval just sent out a tweet. And this is again on Sunday night. They said, we're announcing something special tomorrow morning, Monday, and we'll be announcing it first to our newsletter subscribers. So uh, we love the the interval. Uh, Victoria has been a guest on Broadway Radio before, the editor. So if you are interested in signing up for their newsletter, I'll have the link uh, to that tweet with the information in the show notes. Um, depending on when you listen it, they might have already made the announcement, but uh, we're big fans of everything the interval does. So uh, excited to see what that might be. Oh, also, uh, but this week on Broadway, we also gave a great review for what the Constitution means to me uh, down at New York Theater Workshop. Uh, and uh, I didn't want to uh, neglect that as well, because that's, uh, that's quite a show. And um, I hope that people will get to see it. All right. First up in the news, Rosie O'Donnell teases major Broadway return alongside Lady Gaga. Okay. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, well, I'm not going to do that. This is too big of a story to uh, purposely screw up her name. But uh, yes, Rosie dropped a bit of a bomb that is not completely exploded, but I think it's starting to pick up reverberations because social media is starting to be all aflutter over the weekend when a number of people who were at comedian and actor Randy Rainbow's show in Huntington, New York on Saturday started posting that Rosie herself said that she was in discussions to return to Broadway in a revival of, wait for it, Funny Girl to play Fanny Bryce's mother alongside none other than Lady Gaga. Gaga is currently starring in her big screen musical debut in A Star is Born opposite Bradley Cooper and getting quite a bit of awards buzz. The film finished second at the weekend box office, grossing $56.6 million worldwide, most of that domestically. It was behind only Venom, which I said last week that I really liked, um, and it pulled in over $205 million globally, but also almost doubled that of A Star is Born domestically. Anyway, James, to me, this seems just bonkers, unrealistic, like a light year away from even being a pipe dream. But it is interesting that Rosie felt comfortably talking about it publicly in front of an audience. Uh, Although I guess when you're at the star level of Rosie O'Donnell, maybe she doesn't really care about keeping things like that confidential. But interestingly enough, I thought as someone you know, who watched Rosie O'Donnell's show back in the 90s fairly religiously. We all know that she is a lifelong, devoted, obsessive fan of Barbara Streisand. And before Gaga, Barbara was the last woman to lead a remake of A Star is Born. And of course, she also originated the role of Fanny Bryce in Funny Girl on stage and screen and then Funny Lady on screen as well. So lots of Barbara connections uh, in the six degrees of Funny Girl. But James, what do you think about this Rosie Gaga funny girl thing. This seems like this can't happen, can it? Well, as I texted you uh, when we were talking a little bit about this earlier today, uh, you know, if anybody could pull it together, maybe Scott Rudin. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think it would be huge. I can't even Im- um, <laughs> imagine oh. ticket prices in the monsters. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. And uh, what the stage doors would be like, and things like that. Oh, and Lord, and could she take time out of her incredibly busy schedule? That's, I think, yeah, that's you know, the thing that that worried me. Could you imagine the crossing of the streams in the in the Ghostbusters parlance of Jennifer, Jennifer Ashley Tepper and Lady Gaga? <laughs> that would make for an interesting chapter in uh, the untold stories of Broadway. But yeah, I mean. It, Lady Gaga is one of the biggest music stars in the world, and clearly she has enough money. She can do whatever the heck she wants and probably doesn't have to work a single second for the rest of her life. So it's not necessarily about money, but you don't expect her to take six months a year out from making music and touring and making TV shows and movies like she has been doing and do a Broadway musical. She would be one of the biggest stars in recent memory on Broadway as far as I'm concerned. But I think it's also it's also important to remember that this is not just any old musical theater role. This isn't Reba McIntyre doing, you know, Annie, Annie get your gun. Annie, yeah. And Annie get your gun. This is a, an incredibly demanding physically and emotionally, uh, physically and emotionally demanding role. We saw Sheridan Smith who had some family issues when she was doing the show over in London. She had to take time off because of how, how demanding it was on her body. Um, And I'm not saying Lady Gaga can't do that uh, by any means, but Sheridan Smith is a seasoned 
theatrical star over in the UK and it was even too much for her. So I think somebody who isn't, you know, used to the rigors of that, um, it's different than going out on stage and, you know, giving a great show in a concert, which Gaga does. And she does have an acting background and a theater background, of course. But I just like that's a that's a huge bite <laughs> to to take on for your Broadway debut, uh, let alone, you know, your first real stage musical since college, since high school. I don't know. Uh, wasn't she an NYU acting student? She was. Yeah, that's what I mean. So she has, uh, you know, the background of this, but I, I don't know how long she stayed. Um, I don't think she graduated. No, I, she did. She two years at NYU. I think she left after her second year or mid second year. Yeah. So she's got she's got at least some chops, but college is a lot different than Fanny Bryce on yeah. Broadway. I sort of remember in the back of my mind, but I could be confusing this with somebody else. Didn't she leave uh, her tour prematurely for exhaustion? Uh, one of her. Yes. Uh, she was in severe pain earlier this year, so it wasn't exhaustion. So, yeah, I mean, uh, and, and then on the flip side of this, um, one of the most successful uh, performances on Broadway in the last, uh, you know, year or so has been Bruce Springsteen, um, who has, you know, done four shows a week uh, and taken some weeks off in the middle there to do other things. And, you know, who's to say that Broadway has to be eight shows a week? Yeah, especially if you can charge the ticket prices that I think Lady Gaga can demand. Who yeah. says it has to be eight shows a week every week? You know, you're you're absolutely right. The model that Bruce Springsteen has brought to Broadway does open up the opportunities for people who can't commit to the eight shows a week every week uh, schedule to actually still have a show on Broadway. She also has a um, um, a residency in Las Vegas for, I think, through next year. So she would have to do that, you know, schedule things around if it was, at, you know, during that time. But if anyone can do it and make it work, uh, I would think it would be Lady Gaga. But this just seems like so many logistical and physical hurdles that they'd have to climb to make this happen. But I know that there are plenty of people out there who would want to see it happen. Oh, could you imagine how they would have to shut down uh, <laughs> whatever block, Everything. whatever Everything. block she was on, <laughs> and the two surrounding it as well. Okay, well, let's uh, move forward into this week's theatrical schedule. What do we have? Okay, uh, a bunch of stuff. There's a lot, so I'm going to just go through everything fairly quickly. Um, but if there's anything you want to mention, James, if anything jumps out that you want to comment on, feel free. Uh, tonight, Popcorn Falls officially opens off-Broadway. The show stars uh, Adam Heller and Tom Serrata and is directed by Christian Borle. It is currently playing an open-ended-ish run at the Davenport Theater. Also, on Tuesday, the most important thing in the week, I will be in town for a scant 48 hours, beginning on Tuesday afternoon, to see the first performance of the Jonathan Larson project at 54 below. It'll run through the week. I will also be uh, seeing what am I seeing? I'm seeing uh, the matinee of Pretty Woman on Wednesday, and then I'm going to Girl from the North Country on Wednesday night as well. So if you happen to be at any of those three shows, 
let me know and say hi. And depending on who you are, I might tell you what I look like. Anyway, also on Tuesday, the first preview performance of Torch Song on Broadway, the Helen Hayes Theater will happen. The show, of course, is the latest incarnation of the Torch Song trilogy written by Harvey Firestein. And this Broadway transfer will star Michael Urie, Mercedes Rule, and more. Very excited about this one. I'll be seeing this one in November as well. Also on Tuesday, beginning previews, the new Stephen Levinson play Days of Rage will begin performances at Second Stage Off-Broadway. Directed by Trip Coleman, the cast features Mike Feist, Tavi Gevinson, Lauren Patton, and more, and is currently slated to run through November 25th. Moving over to Wednesday, another off-Broadway show begin its previews. This is the new play by Miranda Rose Hall that's directed by Margot Bordelin called Plot Points and Our Sexual Development. It's a two-hander starring Jax Jackson and Marianne Rendon that'll play through November 18th. Then on Thursday, the 11th, the uh, York Theater opens their uh, play with music. I'm not sure. I think I'm not sure it is a musical or play with music, but Midnight at the Never Get off Broadway. It features a book, music and lyrics by Mark Sonnenblick, and that will run through November 4th. A couple other shows off Broadway. We're getting previews. Usual Girls at the Roundabout Theater Company by Ming Pfeiffer. She's the playwright. Tyne Raffaelli is the director. That's scheduled to run through December 9th. And then over at the Vineyard Theater, Good Grief will begin performances. It's scheduled to run through November 18th. Uh, um, Ngozi and Wanyu is the playwright on that one, and it stars Hunter Parrish, Namdi Asamoah, Patrice Johnson, Chavanis, and more. And then on Friday, I told you there's a lot of them, James. Uh, a couple more off-Broadway shows begin previews. The Thanksgiving play, Off-Broadway at Playwrights Horizon by Larissa Fasthorse. It's directed by Moritz von Stupenagel and is scheduled to run through the Sunday after Thanksgiving, November 25th. Stars Jennifer Bareilles, Jeffrey Bean, Greg Keller, and Margot Siebert. And then the Niceties Off-Broadway at Manhattan Theater Club begins performance that is also scheduled to run through November 18th like some of these other shows are. It is the New York premiere of Ellen Burgess's play directed by Kimberly Sr., starring Lisa Baines and Jordan Boatman. Then finally, we get to Sunday. The official off-Broadway opening of the latest incarnation of Sakina's Restaurant is produced by Audible Theater and it will be at the Mineta Lane Theater starring Asif Manvi. The show has been extended to run through November 11th. Then finally, on the schedule, we have two shows closing of note on Sunday. Tootsie's Out of Town Trot in Chicago will officially wrap up before it heads into town to take over the Marquee Theater this spring. And then finally, at the Playwrights Horizons or from Playwrights Horizons, I Was Most Alive With You will close on Sunday as well. Okay, so that's uh, we're in full swing here in uh, in the fall. Lots of lots of new stuff coming in. It's exciting. What do we have in our recommendation section? Okay, James, I, I'm not sure if you're aware. Did you happen to see anybody wearing very strange costumes watching walking around New York City over the weekend? Uh, no more than usual. <laughs> okay, well, over the weekend, uh, the New York City area, I don't exactly know where, to, to, be, to be honest with you, welcomed New York Comic Con, and that meant a lot of cosplayers and a lot of big stars in town. Um, someone I've talked about before, Natalie Walker, who's a, an actress who has kind of gotten into some uh, entertainment journalism. She was interviewing stars at New York City Comic Con for Vulture, and she sat down with three big stars, and I don't remember 
what they're promoting, but it doesn't matter. John Hamm, David Tennant, and Michael Sheen. Michael Sheen and David Tennant, British actors, have fairly recently in their past played Hamlet. So what she got them to do was alternate Hamlet lines back and forth in a scene opposite John Hamm's Ophelia. So very fun. Um, I'm a huge Natalie Walker fan. I've talked about her before at N walks and N W A L K S on Twitter. Um, so that's very fun. Did that's we, something, uh, did ahead. we, uh, I'm sorry. Did we talk about John Hamm on wait, wait, don't tell me last week or the week before? Uh, we did not know. Uh, so yeah, if you're a John Hamm fan, uh, go look for Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, uh, John Hamm, about a week or two ago. Hysterical, hysterical segment on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. Uh, John is just he's so charming. So, so charming. Great stories. Yeah. So Wait, Wait, Natalie's interview, wholeheartedly recommend. This one, this is like a, a hate, uncomfortable recommendation. Yeah. But Stephen Sondheim was, gave an interview to a radio station out in St. Louis. In the interview, had some interesting things. He talked about the progress of his new musical uh, that he's writing with David Ives, said that Ives is completely done with Act Two, and he is about two-thirds of the way done. He's working for an April deadline. That's great. We're really excited about that show, Stephen. Then you probably shouldn't have opened your mouth about this stuff because it reminds us that you're an old white man who has lived in privilege for most of his life. Um, when asked about the recent protest um, that we talked about here on the show where Sierra Bagas was cast to sing some West Side Story songs in a concert, again, not a production, um, Sondheim said he hadn't actually heard about it, which he wrote the lyrics to the show uh, until the night before that interview. And he said, you know, I'll just read you the quote, quote, that kind of protest. I just find sort of silly. If you carry that to its extreme, then you'd have to say that an actress couldn't be played by anyone but an actress and that a mother couldn't be played by somebody who hadn't been a mother. I mean, it's ridiculous. No, Stephen, that comment is ridiculous uh, um, because I mean, I don't I'm not going to. Yeah, I'm not going to feel the need to to explain why that's ridiculous, because I think most people listening understand why that's ridiculous. But, you know, I, I don't know if this is it's it's just a generational thing, you know, and it, it it's hard for us to even remember that even people in the theater who we think are all fairly, you know, to use something that has be, been turned into a pejorative woke about situations like these. It's just disappointing when somebody who you look up to just doesn't get it and doesn't really seem to understand other people's perspective. Yeah, I saw it on social media. I, I didn't see this uh, uh, this uh, interview itself, but um, a lot of people that I follow on social media said, well, he's nearly 90 years old, if not 90 years old, and... And it's just one of those things that it's yep. generational, as you said, and, and it doesn't excuse it. It's just, you know, you're going to teach an old dog new tricks at this point. All right, Matt, what else do we have to talk about today? I've got a few more stories that I wanted to pass along to you to get you caught up before you start your week. First up, on Friday, the York Theatre Company announced that their 2019 musicals and Mufti season will celebrate the centennial of Alan J. Lerner's birth with productions of Carmelina from January 26th through February 3rd, Dance a Little Closer from February 9th through the 17th, and Lolita, My Love from February 23rd through March 3rd. We all know... My Fair Lady and Camelot and Paint Your Wagon and all these other things 
that uh, and Gigi, which was on Broadway, uh, all these shows from uh, Alan J. Lerner. These are shows that bombed tremendously. I think Carmelina was on Broadway for like less than a month. Dance a little closer closed on its opening night on Broadway. And I believe Lolita, my love, never even made it to Broadway, closed out of town. So very rare opportunity to see those shows. Next up on Friday, we also learned that Tony nominee Pascal Armand would be leading the upcoming WP Theater production of Lauren Gunderson's world premiere play Natural Shocks. As we talked about before, Lauren Gunderson, the most produced woman uh, in the country, a female playwright in the country. Uh, it'll be directed by May Ardralis, and the show will begin performances on October 28th and will run through November 25th. The play is described as a darkly hilarious solo tour de force where an unnamed woman is forced into her basement when she finds herself in the path of a tornado. Trapped there, she spills over into confession, regret, long-held secrets, and giddy new love. But as the storm approaches, she becomes less and less sure where safety lies and how best to defy the danger that awaits. And finally, next week, speaking of tornadoes, Wicked announced more events to celebrate the 15th anniversary of the show's opening on Broadway later this month, including the lighting of the Empire State Building, makeup lines, cosmetic lines for Wicked, a pop-up store at Rockefeller Center, an exclusive Wicked cupcake, schmackeries, and Ben and & Jerry's, Ooh, and more. We're talking. I uh, know, seriously. Uh, we will have the complete list in the show notes where you can get more information on any or all of our shows at broadwayradio.com. Unrelated to this, but talking about the Empire State Building lighting up, James, my Twitter feed on Saturday night was blowing up with helicopters surrounding the Empire State Building and the lights going crazy. Um, I think they determined that it might have been an Eminem music video shoot, but did you see anything about this? I just assumed it was a promo for, for King Kong. King Kong promos have been everywhere. <laughs> have they really? Oh, my God. The King Kong promos. Uh, have you not seen it all over? So they're, they're advertising so heavily in social media. I have not uh, seen that. No. Oh, yeah. No, they. in fact, they're, they're showing uh, the King Kong uh, on Broadway. This is the one we're talking about. King Kong on Broadway promos that I've seen are videos – of people in the audience watching the gorilla for the first time. Really? They never show the gorilla. Uh, no, you know, we've seen it. We've seen it in the New York Times and some other uh, footage and things like that. But they, this uh, 15, 20 second video is about the reaction shot and the looks on the faces of the people sitting in the Broadway theater watching King Kong for the first time. Uh, tons That's and tons of fascinating. Stuff. Yeah. So, uh, uh, so I don't know what was happening there. I assumed that it was King Kong, but it could be Eminem. There's a ver very close relationship between Eminem and King Kong. <laughs> yeah, well, that, that's so funny because that that social media thing, like that's what horror movies do. You normally see that with like a black light in a horror mo in, a, in a movie theater for a horror movie and all the jump scares and you see people going <gasps> and jumping uh -huh. back, and that shows you how scary it is. That's the only time I've ever heard of that. That's super super interesting. I can't wait to see this gorilla because apparently. Well, whatever. I'm not going to get into the show, but because uh, I haven't seen it. But <laughs> all right, Matt, why don't you get us out of here? All right, thanks for listening to today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Broadway Radio, and you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at BWW Matt. And my name is James Marino from BroadwayRadio.com and BroadwayStars.com. Thanks for spending some of your Monday with us, uh, Indigenous Peoples Day. And uh, Matt and I will be back and talk with you tomorrow. All right. Yeah, I'm very proud of my hometown of no longer celebrating this day. Yeah, we shouldn't celebrate this day. All right. I mean, I'm 
I'm fine with everybody getting a day off, but let's just find a better reason for it. Absolutely. There should be uh, maybe election day we should have off. That should be the national holiday. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Should be. Maybe. But then again, but then again, why would certain politicians want people to actually be able to vote conveniently? That's just crazy talk. Thank you.